This episode of the Daisies podcast may contain some naughty language. Hey everyone and welcome to the latest episode of the Daisies podcast with me, Zizi. I'm 30 years old, non-binary and go by they, them pronouns. I currently live in London and this is my podcast. Hey everyone and welcome to episode 8 of the They Exist podcast with me, Zizi. In this episode, I'd like to talk a little bit about being a trans non-binary parent and obviously we had Trans Parents Day last weekend, so on Sunday I believe it was. I actually completely um, forgot about it to be honest with you and I didn't actually do anything for it but I actually been meaning to make a podcast about um, being like a member of the trans community and being, I say a member, I think I've said that before in a previous podcast very recently, being like somebody that's part of the trans community and being a parent at the same time which is something that uh, people don't really think about and don't and often don't like correlate with trans people there's obviously like a lot of stereotypes of um, what trans people are like and what sort of lives trans people live and whether trans people um, can have like children whether trans people uh, can have certain types of relationships where you have children and, and it's just a kind of get rid of some of these myths and like kind of talk about uh, people that are trans and have children or are parents to children however you want to word it so yeah I just wanted to take this episode to yeah to talk a bit about my experiences as a trans non-binary parent obviously it's going to be different um, for different people I'm based in the UK so my experiences may be very like UK focused I'm also non-binary if I was maybe a trans woman or a trans man I may feel about things slightly differently and also I may like non-binary is so broad like the non-binary like identity is so broad and so diverse and like literally there's so many like genders that fit into being non-binary I don't even fully understand like like myself in within non-binary really to be honest with you I have a I have like a pretty good idea which I discuss on the podcast every now and then but even so like yeah just being able to um, talk about experiences from like a very specific perspective is hard but like so I'm going to try and give you like a, like an overview of what it's like as a non-binary person as me easy being a parent and yeah I hope you find it informative if you are a parent or if you are specifically um, a queer or trans non-binary parent like maybe there's some things that um, that can be quite affirming for you in this episode um, maybe there's some things that you can relate to maybe there's things that you can't relate to at all maybe if you're just like a, any parent whether you're cis or trans like you can relate to some some of these aspects of being a parent so 
yeah, let's go on with the episode. trans, being non-binary, being queer and being a parent. What's it all about? What's it all about? How does it happen? Like, how do you approach parenting? Do you approach parenting differently to cis people? Were you, were you first a parent when you thought you may be cis? Are you a trans person that's always been out as trans or always known they're trans and become a parent while knowing that sorry if you can hear a helicopter that's because for whatever reason where I've moved into there's always helicopters since we moved in so I enjoy that I don't know what it's about but anyway yeah like are you somebody that maybe was living a life where you thought you were cis or that you were trying to to fit into being cis and then you became a parent through that are you somebody that is has always been openly trans or always known they're trans and became a parent whilst knowing that or are you some somewhere sort of in between that where you where you were where you're not sure about it or you were like kind of like half out or like not like do you know what i mean like were you somebody that that kind of like was like kind of there with where their identity was and you were kind of thinking to yourself I kind of know that I am trans but I still want a kid and maybe you knew you were trans and your partner didn't or like both of you kind of knew or you kind of weren't sure or or you or maybe you just maybe you thought like it was something to do with your sexuality as well because sometimes sometimes as um as trans people i think sometimes we can conflate uh gender identity wrongly or rightly or none of the above to our gender identity sometimes we can relate um, our sexuality to our gender identity because it, it can there can be some overlapping with it but often often there isn't like a huge amount of overlap and it is kind of is kind of a separate thing but there of course there can be some overlap um with how we experience our sexual sexuality um depending on our gender and our gender identity kind of may have like some influence over how we experience our sexuality like i say so but sometimes anyway back onto track with parents because i'm a tangent person you know this by now to the podcast you know that i'm a tangent person i don't know if that's a real a real kind of person but i'm a tangent person so it is now but yeah i'm i became a parent at um well it depends if you can it or not so i didn't give birth to my child um my partner did um we were in our mid-20s so um we found out that we were having um, a child together when I was 26 and my partner's about a year younger than me so when they were 25 that's good maths isn't it yeah so 26 25 um we've been together for less than a year me and my partner my partner and I 
and yeah we just um we just hit it off like we just hit it off early we had a good connection we had good um we just had a good connection you know when you like you know when you're with someone and you just feel their vibe and it's just a good connection i'm not going to pretend that like our relationship was all roses because no one's relationship is we've been together for five years now so you know all relationships have up and downs but yeah connection wise the connection was strong we have some kind of like like connection where we kind of like yeah we just we just knew i just we just knew it was like from i think i'm speaking for myself i just knew like that we would we can connect on like we can connect on a level it's not just like going out or whatever and just like with me when i go out with someone there's always there's always got to be a connection and especially if it's like this is my longest relationship um i've had like one um long relationship before this but um this is like my longest by a fair bit like over double like the time now so anyway yeah so we have this good connection and we actually had a we actually had a kid quite quick so yeah within like six within like six months um we were having a child we found out we were having a child together and for me like i was existing externally as a cis person but obviously i've always had gender feelings i've suppressed them over the years which is not i'm not it sounds weird but i'm not proud of it i don't know if that's the right wording but i'm not proud of me suppressing um these gender feelings or these trans feelings i i think I've, i was thinking about it the other day and i was just thinking to myself i always knew i was trans i always knew i was trans i always knew i i just didn't know what kind of trans person i was and i didn't think i was allowed to be because i didn't tick enough boxes and of course like non-binary explains some of that like me uh coming out as non-binary explains some of that um and i think my gender having a, a big element of fluidity to it as well as um as well as being its own gender that identity in itself and not just like being the binary genders and having its own gender identity itself it's very confusing but um yeah like even i was kind of so basically i was kind of existing like probably as the most um externally the most cis version of myself at that time i um in the year prior i'd like gone through like um a very poor period of mental health actually um and i'll go into that another episode i think because i don't want to touch on that now but um yeah i went through a very poor poor period of mental health and i managed to come come out of it the other side um through some very 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 dark days um some of it i think was definitely self-inflicted other parts were things that i couldn't help like um but either way like you can't either way um mental health in general is not like is not your fault but i think um some of the things that led to um some of my poor mental health were probably my fault but my actual mental health was not my fault because mental health you can't help if you get what i'm saying but yeah some of the things that maybe triggered some of my mental health i probably could have um could have would have should have done uh, 
done a bit better with and then maybe wouldn't have triggered um, the mental health that I had but at the time the mental health difficulties at the time but I always, I've always had mental health anyway so it's not like um, it's not like it never existed before because it always did and I sometimes wonder if actually um, actually I do want I've been doing a lot of deep thinking about how much of my mental health is linked to um, suppressing who I am and stuff which makes which just seems obvious now like and if you're listening to this you may be like well yeah or you may be like maybe or you may be like nah you you just got just have mental health like difficulties on top of like gender identity or you don't know because like it's not it's not your experience so I suppose everyone's experience is different like that may be your experience my experience may be different but anyway yeah I went for a poor um period of mental health and um I managed to come out of the other end and I think with my mental health it's it can be very up and down like I can really go I can really go from being very um very optimistic to being very um like the lowest of lows so I don't know what that means for me but I'm going to talk about mental health in another episode because that's a lot to um to go through but anyway so I meet my partner I I go through this mental health uh, period of really poor mental health um I come out of it the other end I meet my partner um everything's like great we connect really quickly and yeah we end up having a child together um conceiving a child together and yeah so 26 years old I actually never I actually never envisioned having children which is the weirdest thing right because I've got a child um but I never envisioned having children I wasn't sure if I ever wanted children and I think um if I did want children I wanted them later on in life my partner definitely wanted children um which helped I suppose helped the helped the cause and actually I think because I felt so connected to my partner and I'm quite an impulsive person as well I felt so connected to to my partner that um it felt right and like it felt like I knew my partner for a long time and you know what we're still together now five years later so I guess I guess it was like a good a good instinct I'm not saying people should go out there and just like follow the instincts of everything but I think I think sometimes your instincts right sometimes your instincts right but obviously be be responsible and um yeah make sure you know each other and um, make sure it feels right and obviously be safe as well like obviously with like conceiving and that like it takes certain things so like obviously like make sure you're you're like you're using protection if you're not sure people's status is and um and uh yeah just get tested and everything so but aside from that yeah if you yeah like having having a um, conceiving child it was quite a big moment like because it's not something that I was ever expecting it actually was to the point where when um, we got to a certain point in it where because obviously a lot of people keep the news to themselves I think for the first eight weeks I think because um, there's there's probabilities that um, things may change let's just say um, 
with the pregnancy and it's better to wait a certain amount of time before you start telling people a lot of people think that anyway because things can change and it, it can be very um it can be very painful for for people and obviously if you tell people early as well sometimes it can that can be even more painful if you have to tell people about like tell people that maybe you're not comfortable with telling um too much information too early and if anything bad happens obviously then you have to tell those same people um so yeah like obviously if you're in a position where where you um where you can see like and everything and yeah a lot of people leave it i think it's eight weeks so yeah when it got to eight weeks i told my mom my dad and my siblings and I actually, I can't remember who it was, but someone thought I was joking. This is how much the people I don't think were expecting me to have kids. And I don't know why, but whatever. But anyway, yeah, they, they, I can't remember which sibling, I think it was a sibling, they thought I was winding them up. They actually thought it was a joke. They actually thought they caught me out there like, ah, you're joking, like you're joking. Um, but yeah, it was quite, it was quite weird. It was quite weird telling um, people because I think they were just so shocked. I think they're just so shocked my youngest sibling i think was the one that really didn't believe me and the second youngest i've got um i've got there's five of us so i've got four siblings and i'm pretty sure that most of them didn't most of them thought i was joking which is quite funny because um i was actually trying to tell them like something right quite like big i suppose that's happening and serious that's happening with our lives and with bringing life into the world which is like a pretty big thing like so anyway like yeah a lot of people didn't believe it and i don't think i think maybe because of sharing like views of like oh, yeah i'm not gonna have and my mum was always like oh when are you gonna get me grandkids and i was like i don't know if i i don't like stop pressuring me sort of thing one thing i would say is right it is very annoying when parents pressure people into having children and put pressure on grandkids and that. like if you're a parent out there don't do it don't do it because you don't know what people want you don't know what people want like let your children no matter what age they are make their own decisions on those things like whether you think that they need to do it by a certain age because like what people call biological clocks even though you there's plenty of other ways to bring up a child and have children like like adoption surrogacies freezing eggs and uh freezing sperm and all this but yeah just stop putting i think people, parents need to stop putting pressure on them their children or their family members to have children because not everyone not everyone wants to be a parent and if you don't want to be a parent then it's not something that you should do if you don't want to be a parent because you're not just on this earth to reproduce that is not why we're here we're not we're here to live our lives and if parenting isn't part of your life it doesn't have to be parenting is part of my life i didn't think it was gonna be but i'm kind of glad that it is but just because it's part of my life doesn't mean it needs to be part of everyone's life like my child i'm never gonna put i'm never gonna put pressure on them in any 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 way about having children like or starting a family like do what you want to do and live your life how you want to live your life it's your life but yeah anyway 
my mum was always, I don't think my, my dad wasn't, but my mum was always like, oh, now when am I going to have my grandchildren? Am I ever going to? It's like, oh, give it a break, will you? Give it a break. Like, leave me alone. I'm like, because at the time, like, when I'm getting these sort of things, it's like, I'm in my early 20s because I think I was very adamant. I was like, I'm not having children. And actually, in previous, um, previous relationships especially one previous relationship it actually caused me it caused us a lot of problems and probably contributed towards the breakdown of the relationship actually because I was very anti having children and I was very anti um, I was very anti uh, like marriage and all of this I still I still am with the marriage thing it just doesn't fit me and maybe that's something to do with being non-binary maybe I'll do an episode on that as well maybe it just because it's too much I know you can do stuff in a a non-binary way as well and I know there's all sorts of queer marriages that happen and can happen in their own way and in their own right Um, but for me it's not for me and I think maybe being non-binary is part of that I, I, I just couldn't imagine fitting into that that whole like system and I don't like the legalities of everything but also I will acknowledge um the legal advantages of having that as well so I understand why people in the past especially um people that are members of the LGBTQIA plus community in the past wanted those rights um especially when it come to um traumatic events um where they couldn't be with their loved ones because of uh, legal reasons um so i get why it needs to be an equal if that's the system we're going to run um with like serious relationships and relationships we consider to be like like serious relationships not just dating like relationships where you're settling down and they're long term and you're committed to that person like i get why why we kind of need to work within that system to give people equal rights but for me it's not a system that works and I think along with having children as well I think having children was always something that I found almost it just didn't align with me and I wonder if it wasn't I wonder if it was because I wasn't comfortable with my gender identity um, and feeling very up and I didn't know who I was maybe um in a lot of ways and it just didn't feel right but i think with my my current partner it just felt right at the moment it felt right in the moment and right now i could not imagine my life without my child in it like they are coming up to four years old in january and they drive us crazy but also they make me smile so much and they are so clever and they do so many like cute things and really intelligent things and every day like this child will amaze me in different ways also they are they're going through free dangers right now so they are very challenging at times they don't always listen but as any parent listening knows it's it's three years old and to be honest with you they have a lot of my i feel like they have a lot of my energy which can sometimes be a bit hyperactive and also they just they're just a very confident child which is nice and I always wanted if I ever had a child because I was always a very um 
I was a hyperactive child, but I lacked confidence and self-esteem, whether that was to do with the way I felt about myself, which I think probably is in, in a lot of ways, which is, which is quite uncomfortable to think about. Like, I'm getting uncomfortable saying it, but I think... I think for me I always felt uncomfortable as a child and also um, yeah so yeah I always felt uncomfortable I always lacked a bit of self-esteem but I always wanted our child to not have have that so we're always trying to install confidence in them um, and always trying to like make them feel confident in what they're doing because I think it's very important but with that does come a lot of challenges when a, when a child is very confident they do try things that maybe less confident kids may not try but I still think the confidence is better than having a kid that's nervous um, that isn't so confident because sometimes that can lead to to other things like and but also if your child isn't as confident and is a bit um nervous about things there's nothing wrong with that i think like i say i think that was me but there's nothing wrong with that all children are different and you know if we were to have another child we may have one very confident child and one more nervous and cautious child there's nothing wrong with it either way but for me i wanted to try everything i could to not i think this is the best way to word it i didn't want to put a lack of confidence on our child if the child was naturally less confident and naturally more nervous and more cautious then that is fine but I did never want I never wanted to put on that and make them I never wanted to through nurture make them a less confident child or if it happened through nature and they just were naturally that's fine you embrace you embrace your child however they are they are your child it's unconditional love unconditional but yeah i never wanted to like enforce a child to not be confident in themselves purposely or even actually not even purposely whether it was intentionally or unintentionally i didn't want the way that i acted to make a child feel nervous because i think when it comes to um going to school and when it comes to interacting with friends and that it does help if you have a little bit more confidence it's something that I had to learn later on in life and I still I still lack a lot of confidence and a lot of my confidence is it doesn't come naturally doesn't come naturally to me it comes it's almost like a defense mechanism a survival mechanism I'd say not even defense like yes yeah, like a survival mechanism that I've learned because being a very shy kid was quite hard and I was always very inwards. I always felt like an outsider. So I didn't want that for our child. But also, I know that some of these things you can't help. Like, for example, one of my siblings was very confident, but he got himself in a lot of trouble um, because of it. So there, there is a balance as well. But yeah, anyway, like, yeah, really confident child. And yeah, they like pushing their luck, they're very cheeky they're a bit naughty sometimes but me and my partner we we do have i think we do get the balance of we do get the balance of like keeping our child like 
like so they're not pushing the boundaries too much and they still have like a level of respect um for their parents so it's not like total freedom but i think it's also not like old school parenting because it's just too like too not like too strict let your child like express themselves let your child um figure some stuff out themselves give your child a chance do you know what i mean before you you tell them off do you know what i mean because like telling children off just all the time is not is not the is not the one like they don't they don't learn it they just learn to get told off and that that follows them through into life so yeah let them you gotta let them make mistakes you gotta let them push the boundaries a little bit but you gotta keep it within like a safe amount and it's all about balance i think as a parent and don't get me wrong we don't as parents we don't always get it right like if you're a parent you know that we as a parent you don't always get it right but you're always trying to do what's best for your child and give them enough give them enough rope to play with do you know what i mean and also um be strict enough that you're not letting them get away with everything because then it's just like a free-for-all like you can't have a child that doesn't doesn't listen anytime because if they are ever in danger in any way or if you ever need to have a serious conversation with them and they're not listening to you then obviously you've got a problem there because you are you are the adult in the situation and you still gotta be you still gotta be there for your child and you still gotta be responsible for your child's safety and educate your child about certain things like you know there's conversations that you'll have as your child gets older and you've always got to be kind of like you've always got to have that level of respect as as their parent i think you've always got to have like they've always got to have like a slight level of respect for you because they can't just be they can't just be like overriding you and i think some people will go a bit too far with um with uh, what they allow their children to do and some people will be far too strict where their child feels very contained in a very strict environment and can't express themselves feel like very trapped in this environment they can't express themselves and other children just need you to be a little bit assertive as a parent because if you give children too much it's it's too much one way and if you give your children not enough it's too much in the other way do you know what i mean so we're always trying to get a balance right but yeah as um but yeah it's definitely it's definitely been um challenging as well and i think as parents so obviously we've been through um a global pandemic which was was very tough to parent through um i still worked through um, most of the pandemic if not all of it apart from my work going down obviously like i'm self-employed and like a lot of people we like a lot of people lost either lost their work completely or lost their jobs completely or like lost a considerable amount of their work and i lost about half my work so i was still working but it was very like stop start um and i was going out for less of the day so i was kind of i was kind of there for summer lockdown and kind of not and kind of working for it which was quite stressful in a lot of ways um especially as like we were living in a one bedroom flat at the time um with uh three of us um and we had like a sort of setup where we were where we sort of set up our bed in um in our living room which also had a kitchen in it as well 
and the flat was nice and everything but it just it got it got extremely small during the lockdown living um living in your living room with a sofa in there and that and it is the way london is and it you know it is we are fortunate compared to some people and we're overcrowded compared to others so it's like it depends on what perspective you you view it but during um during the global pandemic and everything it was very intense it was very intense parenting and um obviously to like relate it back to um, being trans and non-binary as well like when you're faced with like such like intense intense feelings and and stuff being in lockdown and 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 that it does um i'm a very deep thinker anyway so I, although i wasn't out to my partner look these things come across my um my head every now and then i i used to think i can't i can't speak about these things and i kept them to myself like for years and years and years decades um all these feel gender feelings keep them to myself but obviously during lockdown things can be quite intense and mental health can be quite intense um obviously there was a lot of things uh, a lot of stressful things that happened during during the pandemic so parenting like a lot of you know that are listening that parented through the pandemic was was really hard and we had um a child that just turned two for a couple of months um they were used to like getting out during the week doing a lot on them when you couldn't really do much um you didn't have like a, too much of a support network and um yeah just trapped inside we didn't have an outside space a direct outside space no balcony no garden it was like like you're literally in a flat and you're surrounded by four walls with a child and it's just very 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 challenging so i think that's probably been i think if we're talking about like challenges during parenting that's probably been like the biggest challenge is parenting during a pandemic because nothing prepares you for that nothing prepares you for being locked in um with a toddler it's really really tough it's really really tough and i'm sure there's other parents out there that can relate to that but as well as being somebody that experiences and i'm only talking for myself as well um because it's two parents obviously but from my perspective which is um what the podcast based on because i can't speak for for my partner but there's someone that um experiences mental health as well as having um obviously like feelings around my gender that i just never found the right time to talk about at the time at the start of the pandemic anyway um being trapped in with all these feelings and my mental health and and then obviously the, all the uh, mental health stuff that comes with the pandemic on top of your your like your base level mental health um, difficulties that you're having is very intense it's very intense and add parenting into like the pressure of parenting the pressure of of money because being self-employed at the time i was like oh like i got support like my family and everything and i've got to um yeah i've just got to like make sure i, I can work at a time no one knew what support they were getting especially if they're self-employed there was a lot of things with um with furlough for people that were employed um for a certain amount of time in certain businesses and contracts or whatever it was all very terms and conditions may apply 
But yeah, as a self-employed person that um, hadn't been self-employed long enough to um, claim the eventual self-employed grants that they were giving out, um, I got zero pound and zero pence, like in way in the ways um, for business for my business. So I felt, and I didn't know even before then we didn't know what we were gonna get. <laughs> so it was just very tough, and it was a very hard time to parent through. And all of these times, they do make you think more deeply about like gender stuff and that. And um, I think one of the things that definitely held me, definitely held me back about uh, I think coming out as non-binary and um, even discussing my trans feelings that I had because I could have probably come out as trans, just not given like a specific identity uh, for my transness from years ago and just not be able to explain I think the biggest problem is not being able to explain 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 my feelings not being able to explain my feelings of my specific feelings not being able to explain them or, or feel valid in them when when I look back at that now I feel very silly for that but I'm sure there's other people out there who felt that as well but I think when you add the layer on top of being a parent you you got like a conflict of like I'm a parent can I am I allowed to be am I allowed to have these feelings I'm a parent I've got to think of my child and and everything and I think during the pandemic these feelings can intensify as well and all the feelings that you 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 have on and off or throughout your life to do with um gender identity to do with um your mental health when you add parenting on top of that and then a global pandemic it is very intense and you won't you you really realize it and i'd actually had um like a year no two years before the pandemic started um when our child was very young i did have i i get i think i experienced um some some sort of um i don't know what it's called um I didn't give birth um, to the child, obviously. Um, I do identify as non-binary, but I would suppose... I don't know if... What is the language for this, actually? How do I... Would I still be... I'm going to say... I'm, I'm going to say this, and I don't know if this is... This is probably very gendered. It is very gendered, like, but also I'm trying to think of the role that I was, was playing, I suppose, because I felt like I didn't know... I don't know I didn't know what role even though it didn't it's confusing right so I was basically playing like a paternal I was the paternal person so even though I'm non-binary anyway that's really confusing any trans people out there that can relate trans non-binary people that can relate to not knowing how to word that fair enough but anyway yeah now I I went through some sort of depression post is it post postnatal postpartum I can't remember the sort of depression the name of the depression it would be but anyway I went through a depression um after um after my partner um gave birth it wasn't like straight away it was like a, a few months in and I just started having really poor mental health to be honest with you really poor mental health and I really struggled I really struggled and it was hard and I think I think definitely um, 
some of my gender feelings about myself do lead to um, my poor mental health on top of the pressure of um, being a new parent and sometimes feeling a bit helpless and, and lack of sleep and I wonder as I wonder sometimes as well if sometimes because of the role that I felt like I had to play like the paternal role that I thought that I had to play let's link this back in now I wonder if it like caused me some some kind of um, dysphoric feeling in some ways as well like I love being a parent and I love having a child but I wonder if some sometimes the the role that you end up playing because with parenting you shouldn't even have to but because I think because I wasn't out and everything and because I didn't really fully understand my gender identity in the way that I do now like I feel like actually it wasn't that I didn't fully understand my gender identity I wasn't comfortable with it and I kept it like I said I keep it I keep it suppressed I kept it suppressed but I wonder if um, some of it is like the feeling the pressure to fill a role that you don't feel fully comfortable with as um, like the paternals the paternal the paternal side of um, you get some real dyslexia on show I am actually dyslexic by the way I'm not just saying dyslexia is like a slur or anything I am dyslexic you'll get some real dyslexia today and I mean that in a loving way for all our other dyslexic listeners. I am dyslexic, just to clarify. But um, yeah, like trying to fill this like paternal role when it didn't really fit right with me, even if I, if I was kind of suppressing these gender feelings, and I, I was trying to live this life. I, I never want it to be this very gender, gender specific like roles I never liked being heavily having to try and be a man in a very traditional whatever that means way I didn't want to like be a stereotypical dad I didn't want to be this I was always a bit like quirky like I said or like a bit different you know what I mean but I always like put that down to me being a bit alternative and me being a bit of a, a bit weird, you know what I mean? But like not in a not in like a weird, like creepy way, but just not a bit like you're a bit like I suppose the word's queer, like in a lot of ways. Some people would say are oh, like that is my queerness coming through, like so yeah, no, I've always been like a bit queer, I suppose. And I think that being a parent I wonder if I wonder if um some of the having to fit because no one told me that I had to do this role right no one told me that I had to pretend to um to do this role but actually it's like so my partner as far as I'm aware from what we discussed and how my partner is identified to me is a cis woman and she fitted really well into um that like the kind of like stereotypical maternal role which kind of left me as somebody that didn't naturally feel 
it didn't it didn't come naturally to me to feel like that other role and I kind of felt like I was kind of like I could do some of it but other parts of it I kind of felt like I was somewhere else with it and I don't know if there's any other transparents out there that can relate to that kind of feeling like your role in because it's different when you're just in a relationship but when you have a child together there is like a dynamic with um, your child but it doesn't necessarily have to be that you both have to have like this kind of very binary role set like of like I am I am the dad I am the mum I am the man I am the woman you don't have to have that because there's other couples that do it that are in same-sex marriages and then live like with their roles in that way even when they haven't got kids and there's other people that live in they're in same um, sex relationships that have children and I don't know why I used marriages originally because I think my brain's just not working properly but just in relationships I don't even agree with marriage I think I covered that earlier but like um I'm not it's not that I don't agree with it for other people I just don't agree with it for myself sorry I should say but yeah no um I, I, I wonder like why I felt the pressure to do this and I wonder if it's partly like society like obviously as well you get like I got two weeks I got two weeks paternity yes I would be paternal yeah postpartum I don't know sorry I'm having thoughts out loud yeah like I got two weeks paternity off work I wasn't self-employed um when my partner first um gave birth and everything and for the first few months first like eight months I was um working for a company and it was very the company was very restrictive like they were okay and like I didn't mind like some of the people there but some of them rubbed me up the wrong way and I don't think they were bad people it just it just was it was too restrictive for me as a business but I stayed in it because um when you're about to become a parent and you haven't got any you don't come from money sort of thing you kind of got to do what you got to do and it was an okay paying job um it was a decentish paying job and it was enough to pay the bills so I kind of just like stuck with it to try and and you end up I think my point is you end up like filling this role you get your two weeks off because you are viewed as the dad the man and there's still this very old-fashioned I think view that like and that women get more paternity maternity leave and, and stuff like that even like the paternity and maternity is very gendered and I, I, it just make, it just makes me feel a bit uncomfortable but like it's just the wording of what um, society has given us so far and I need to I need to find better words for it but because I've already been through that now I don't necessarily need those words for myself but I should find out for like, other people but yeah no like yeah so we we were bringing up our child and we weren't bringing up our child in any like non-binary um way i know like there's some there's some listeners out there that will have uh children they don't bring them up with any specific gender we did uh, we have brought up our child um using um pronouns which i'll keep i'll keep to myself but um because although we use them in the house i still use they um what I do with our child is I use um, a combination of their assigned assigned um, gender pronoun uh, 
the pronouns associated with their assigned gender and I also interchange it with they so I, I normalize using they in the house and um, and stuff and to be honest with you our child uses she for everyone so they're they're quite um they like giving people pronouns that you wouldn't think would have those pronouns no matter who they are so yes it's misgendering um but also it's some of the people they're given those pronouns um they probably don't expect to be given those pronouns because they they're probably not their pronouns um, the way they react anyway some people might be like oh this child's very like gender affirming how did you know like you give me she her pronouns how do you what do you know about me have you been like on my internet history of like am i trans.com um not gonna lie like being on some of those websites not that specific one i don't know if that's a real website don't type that in because i don't know if that's a real website am i trans trans not trans that's a vehicle am i trans.com i don't know if that's it probably is but i wouldn't click on it just in case it's like viruses or whatever but you know you know those sort of websites anyway i'm getting off topic yeah like so yeah i think i might have found at the start of um the start of being a parent a lot of new parents whether they're cis or trans will experience um mental health after having a child and a lot of the time um there's a lot of focus on the person who births the child um and their experiences of mental health because i think it's the more common um one that's picked up on but also the the other person who who help make the child or is the other parent um they they experience they can experience um a very similar type of mental health um experience let's just put it that way and it can be very intense and it was very intense and it was a dark time for me it was a dark time and um yeah it was um it was there was things there was things that I felt that I felt before but they were different they were different feelings and they were on a different level as well so if there's any um if there's any trans or, or cis people listening to this now um but specifically um our trans and queer and non-binary listeners however you identify um if you're not cis like if there's any parents new newish parents out there that are experiencing mental health no matter what um no matter whether you are the person that gave birth to the child or whether you are um somebody that didn't give birth to the child um if you're experiencing stuff at the moment that you don't really understand or maybe you're experiencing mental health for the first time it wasn't the first time for me but it was a different kind of mental health um mental health difficulties for the first time or whether it's something new but the same or the same but more intense or the same but different or just the same like it does happen and it's important that we have it's important that we have support for um trans people going through through those as well because do you know what there's a lot of focus on very gendered um terms like um support for mums 
support for women, support for men, support for dads, and it is in the in the child in the world of being a parent and having children there is a lot of gender terminology there's a lot of very specific groups depending on if you're you are considered the mum or the dad there is a lot of very specific groups um i've been continually invited to dad's groups which i find the thought of just like i just can't i just don't want to do it and I think it probably is a gender thing. I don't feel comfortable in big groups of people that identify as men. Um, and really, I'm talking about cis men. I find big groups of cis men very uncomfortable. I always feel like I don't fully fit into it. I don't like the culture of it. If I'm going to be around cis men, I have to either really trust them or... Um, it has to be like a mix of genders like all genders and at least some people that I can sense a little bit of queerness from I think that always helps um, but yeah these groups I just couldn't imagine sitting down with very cis normative heterosexual men um, and I know there will be it won't be everyone in the group but I feel like they're very geared those groups are very geared towards those that heteronormativity and so I just I think when I was struggling and that like I couldn't I just I just couldn't um, do it my partner was very supportive um, which I was very fortunate with and they actually it was actually they actually um, helped me get help with my um, mental health for the first time and actually it actually led to me having my first ever like communication with somebody um like a professional about mental health like I've done CBT for the first time for the first time like I, I've had problems with my mental health for years probably since I was a kid which may again may be tied into some of my gender identity feelings I know as um, as some as a as somebody part of the LGBTQIA plus community I know that we do have higher levels of mental health difficulties and when you don't understand when you don't understand your feelings for all the years you also sometimes don't understand your mental health and not all my mental health is related to um, my gender identity but I think it definitely is uh, is a factor factor in it and when that's paired with um, depression to do with being a new parent it can be very tricky and the problem is you can't always like you don't as I think as a trans person you don't always feel comfortable to talk about this to somebody as well so I think it's very important that um, there is spaces out there for um, for trans parents to get support and feel comfortable and feel affirmed in their gender and not feel like they're in a cis normative heterosexual kind of environment because I feel like unfortunately because of what people expect parents to be people expect parents to be and this is wrong a lot of people in societies expect parents when they see two parents they expect parents to be a man and a woman cisgender they don't they don't use cisgender because a lot of these people are, are cis people that are very cisnormative and they're so cisnormative that they don't use cisgender they just they're just like oh there's no such thing as cisgender it's just man and woman <laughs> but like um yeah like they 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 have an expectation they have an expectation of like the stereotypical family and a lot of these spaces are like that 
and I think that's why you you actually get like there's a lot of websites out there designed for like for mums inverted commas um, that do have a lot of um, toxic behaviour on I suppose as well and there's you know there's prob there's probably the same for dads out there as well I didn't join any any but I know like I know there's a lot of anti-trans um, stuff on some of these websites as well which which sucks as well so as a parent you can feel quite alienated when you have when you feel a bit different to other parents and I think that's the best way to explain it. I felt a bit different to other parents and therefore I didn't want to I didn't want to sit down with other parents um and also I didn't want to explain how I felt so even when I went and done um CBT I didn't even explain I didn't even explain any of my gender feelings I just explained how I felt very very up and down and um just um a bit erratic and stuff like in in that respect to my mental health that's how I felt I'm not saying that's how mental health feels that's how I specifically felt very um up and down with my moods and always have done in a, in a way but it was it was quite intense and um yeah I did have some experiences that um yeah I did have some experiences that I hadn't experienced before which was which was a new type of reaction to my mental health so I won't go into detail about today because I don't want to go in I want to keep it fairly fairly um light even though this is quite heavy I don't want to go too heavy um with that right now do a separate episode on that but yeah it was very it was very intense um so yeah um I think it's very difficult as somebody who identifies as as trans to get support and I wasn't even openly identifying as um as trans but I feel like with the way the systems are what like set up in the UK they're still very set up for men and women and I think the language does need adjusting and I think the way we approach and assume what a family dynamic is especially now that and rightfully so that um uh, people in same-sex relationships and uh, marriages and civil partnerships can adopt children which they should have always been able to do because there's so many kids out there who don't actually have like a safe home and there's so many loving people that can give those children like a safe home to grow up and like you know it's all about like love anyway it's not about it's not about your uh, gender assigned at birth or your sex assigned at birth it's not about your gender identity it's actually about how much you can love that child and how much you can give to that child and I think people put a lot of focus on like giving a child an inverted commas a normal upbringing but th- that's only normal because society has made it normal actually uh, there's a lot of um, there's a lot of queer, queer couples out there that can really give children potentially more than some cis and some cis het parents sorry can and i think i think it's good that we're now at that stage i mean my my mum's actually adopted um themselves so um and it isn't easy being adopted whether you know anyway like it's it, it, it is tough like so people saying oh yeah but like you need to, you need to give like some people are like oh you need to give yeah it's not right you give like adopted children this this and and all of that and it's like mate 
adopted children like they have they have stuff like and they have feelings but it I don't think it's about who their parents are that bring them up and how they identify and what their orientation sexual orientation is and whatever it's it's actually more to do with um a lot of the time their biological parents um and that can be some of the feelings from what from what my i've learned from my mum anyway so it's not actually my mum for example my mum was always grateful for the upbringing she had from her parents and you know and she got she got a decent upbringing that she probably may not have had with her biological parent so yeah I think a lot of people a lot there is a lot of focus on giving this kind of cis normative um cis het normative uh, relationship to children I think when you're so when you're trans you can kind of feel like you need to hide away a bit from it and I, I think it definitely definitely having a child even when I knew more about myself and as I learned more about myself made me go more inwards in some ways because I was like shit shit I can't I can't I can't do this to my child because I, I had internalized feelings about it even though for other people I was like that's totally cool you should everyone should it doesn't matter how you identify and it doesn't matter like what your sexual orientation is you should be able to have and bring up a child because it's love that's the most important thing it's love caring compassion and just hard work like that's all that matters with parenting is like working hard to make sure your child has what they need and you give them emotionally what they need not just materialistically emotionally what they need as well and you're there for them and you're there to listen to your child and you're there to be understanding you're there to let your child express themselves and be themselves and become themselves and i think that's the most important thing but i think you do internalize a lot of um even though you might want that for other people for yourself for whatever reason i feel like sometimes you can you can really beat yourself up about things and about um your feelings and you feel like yeah but you shouldn't do this and you shouldn't do that but actually it's wrong it's it's like wrong that's not it's not actually the truth it's internalized stuff that you take in from society and it's because society is not inclusive with parents there is not the representation out there for trans and non-binary and queer parents there really isn't there really isn't and i know like with some members of the lgbtqi plus community there is a little bit more representation but it's still it's still not even good enough there to be honest there needs to be more representation so yeah and i think i just think it's very important a little break in between these two sections of the podcast just to let you know that you can join our discord community it's a great space for trans queer non-binary lgbtqia plus people to interact and get to know each other and share resources so i just thought i'd give a brief mention in between i know i mentioned it at the start and i know i'm going to mention it at the end but just in case you wanted to join now while you're listening to the episode you can do that while you're listening to me in your ear hole and also you can also follow us on instagram at they exist podcast as well enjoy the rest of the episode and just as um 
just as a continuation on from that as well, like, I think representation for queer, trans, non-binary people is very important when it comes to parenting because I'm not being funny. I did not grow up with any real trans, non-binary representation, let alone that would, sorry, I didn't grow up with any trans representation that wasn't like a joke or a butt of a joke and very limited stereotypical and almost cis-normative queer representation not very varied very um, limited and I think because I didn't identify as a gay guy like it just didn't it didn't the, the limited representation there was for LGBTQIA plus communities growing up in the 90s and the 2000s was a bit unrelatable for me and I just didn't understand it I just knew there was something queer about me and I, I, I knew that I didn't feel the same and I knew I didn't fit in with the other boys and it was always a challenge to it was always a challenge to fit in always a challenge um, and it was an actual conscious effort which is draining and draining and I think now that I've let go of some of that it's a lot it's a lot easier on my mind although I now I have a lot of vulnerab- vulnerability um, that I've let go of some of that as well it does make you it, it's it's a hard it's a hard battle um, sometimes um, but a lot of it is to do with stigma a lot of it is to do with poor representation so when you haven't had that representation let alone representation as a parent so you're you're now bringing up a child who is growing and developing in different ways is growing up physically is growing up mentally and there's no stopping that child from growing up they're growing up every single day they're learning new things they're doing new things and they're never going to stop growing they're never they're just going to keep growing and growing and growing and growing and before you know it <laughs> they're going to be you know just as tall as you or taller than you and they're going to be just as clever more clever than you do you know what i mean and then you know, it, it, it they grow up so quick. So you, when you, you when you don't have any representation as um, a non-binary parent, it's very hard to to see yourself as a non-binary parent, and it sucks. It really sucks because I still have these internalized feelings now of like weird, strange guilt, and there's nothing to be guilty about. And I think this is what we need to get through. And I think I think this is why I wanted to make this podcast episode. And I know there was a lot of uh, general parenting stuff at the start, but I think this is why I wanted to make this um, this podcast because I don't see that much representation for non-binary parents. And when you see it, it's very sensationalized by media outlets who basically want to come for them and they want to sensationalize them they want to pick out something they've done that they want to sensationalize to scare and to outrage cis people into thinking that what these people are are doing is wrong and all this and actually there is just standard like families out there that include a transparent or two transparents or three transparents like like you know what I mean like relationships aren't always two people and 
pairing isn't always done between two people and two people isn't necessarily always like the only way to parent or the best way to parent like I think as long as you have a strong relationship and you are you are good parents that focus on your child which we do and which other trans uh, parents do because there's a lot of there's a lot of um there's a lot of cishet parents that that don't for various reasons or that struggle to or can't but there's always a lot of focus on when there's uh, trans or non-binary parents to to sensationalize it like it's something strange or like it's something out of the ordinary or like when parents decide to um, put less focus on on gender on their child there's like outrage like they're doing something wrong that like nah nah there's nothing like we we as a society create these these structures and rules and regulations around being a parent and we do internalize some of them and when you're trans when you're non-binary when you're queer you do internalize a lot of these feelings about being a parent and it's really hard I don't know if anyone out there listening can relate to that feeling that inner feeling where you you sometimes doubt yourself and I think now I'm out to my partner as non-binary I I often doubt myself being out I doubt myself being out I'm like should I just kept that to myself is this fair on my child and I'll tell you this now there's nothing wrong with me being out and there's nothing wrong um, with me being a trans non-binary parent to my my child there's nothing wrong with it but because of the lack of rep- representation the sensationalization of trans non-binary and queer parents and the negative press around trans non-binary people and trans non-binary parents if there is rep- if when there is representation um it's just it's the stuff that makes you internalize these feelings and get this like intrusive thoughts in your head and if there's anyone out there experiencing that i really empathize with you and just know that you're not alone you're not alone with those feelings and those feelings of doubt but one thing i would say is with our child like i said earlier our child um our child will use um the the um gender pro pronouns that um associated with their assigned gender but we mix in and especially me because i'm the non-binary one but especially me i i always try and mix in uh they them pronouns as well and i will ask every now and then if much because my my child will use the uh, pronouns the she her pronouns for everyone so I will ask them about different pronouns, and I'll talk. I, the other day I was talking to them about um, different pronouns. I was like, "What?" I, was, I didn't say pro, like I didn't use the word pronoun. They're free. They're free and a half. But I said, "Do you like? Do you like this?" Like, and then gave an example of pronouns. Let's just say, for example, "Do you like she/her?" Like, I'm just like I think as a parent, whether you're trans or cis, right? As a parent, you, if your child like uses other pronouns and that, don't be like, no, you're wrong. You're meant to be using this one. Just be like, just ask them a question. Just be like, oh, so do you like, do you like this? Does this, is this, or why did you use that? Is that, is that something that you like or is it like, just, just ask the question because we're trying to create 
a more acceptable society around uh, gender identity and you know I'm not good that you can't make people trans you can't make people trans and you can't make people non-binary so you being a non-binary or trans person isn't going to lead to every single person you come into contact with becoming a trans or non-binary person and that includes your child however if your child wants to experiment with gender identity there's nothing wrong with that even if you're a trans non-binary parent there's nothing wrong with that you don't have to like be like you don't have to feel the pressure to be like oh like, i better not like let my child like experiment with like gender too much just in case people think that i'm forcing that on them there's a very clear line when you're forcing some something on someone and it's when you actually force it on someone and the most things that are forced on people in society is cis heteronormativity that is the thing that gets forced on people it's no one forces trans uh, trans stuff on people no one forces non-binary stuff on people no one forces queer stuff on people and i don't know what the stuff is but you know what i'm saying no one queerness or like non-binary being non-binary or being trans no one like forces that on anyone that is like not something that really happens probably in an extreme case you may have someone that's very proactive with um gender identity but like society doesn't allow you to do that society forces cis heteronormativity onto all of us from default from day one especially like the older generations that is the default in like places like the UK because even down to the point where you're having gender reveals and it's like oh we're having a boy we're having a girl and that poor that poor baby's like how do you know and you might be right they might they might be like oh yeah I'm so glad that you have pink balloons at my baby shower or my gender reveal oh that is such a nice pink blue for me sorry a pink balloon for me as a girl like or like the blue balloons like, I'm so glad you got the blue balloons like you, blue balloons blue balloons um I can't, why is balloons such a hard word to say when you put blue blue balloons blue, blue balloons blue balloons anyway yeah no um like I'm so glad you got the blue balloons because you knew I was a boy and I would like blue because that's like, in my genetics it's just ridiculous like like when you think about like gender reveal, like gender reveals I, I actually don't think half the people know what they're doing and i think it's been so normalized especially like parties and i know like there's some people i don't think so much in the uk but i know like i think in the in like other places around the world they they take these gender reveals to like new levels and i don't know we didn't do a gender reveal and i'm glad we didn't even though i was pretending to be cis all this time um well my partner was pregnant or whatever my partner done a baby shower we actually when we went to um get baby stuff we actually made sure a lot of it was very like was not heavily gendered even though i don't believe clothes have a gender like when we got clothes that we made sure it was just kind of neutral because we don't know what our child wants so we just got kind of neutral and like varied stuff like yeah we just got fairly neutral stuff like and that was a decision we both made so i i wonder if we both kind of like were on like the ball with that sort of stuff anyway and we we never we never got like we never done like a gender reveal 
and it's it's just cringe it's just cringy anyway i think like it's a bit like it's a bit much but yeah we we have let our child have their assigned gender but at the end of the day if our child wants to come to us and talk about gender that conversation is wide open for them wide open like and that that goes for anyone that we know as well like any um of my partners like um nibblings or whatever like that goes sorry that's what she calls that's what she calls them um she has my partner's pronouns as well and um, that's what she calls them nibblings and i've heard it on other non-binary um from other non-binary and trans people that term so i was like i told i told her about that i was like i heard that like some non-binary and trans like spaces that i'm on she was like i thought that was my word anyway it turns out it's not it turns out it is a word but um it's funny in words in it you like you think you can create a word sometimes and it's like other people have thought the exact same word or it's been heard somewhere else or it's come from somewhere else and you subconsciously or you've created it but it already existed i hate when you create something and it already exists anyway tangents um that could be called plagiarism but i think there is times where people actually create identical things or especially things that aren't like that like specific you create identical things anyway yeah like when you're like um trying to when you're trying to like um parent and that like i think it's important to like keep it as like gender neutral as you can like in the early years so you're not forcing like a child into into a um real rigid binary but i think it's also okay to experiment with the binary genders as well and i think it's okay to i think it's okay to lean towards their assigned gender at birth but also be open for that shifting like i don't think there's no right or wrong like the assigned gender assigned gender at birth is not perfect um but there is a lot of people that do um grow up to associate themselves with their assigned gender but i think the problem is when you shame people for for verging away from that assigned gender and the gender norms of that gender i think that's where the problem is but i also think it's not a bad idea bringing up your child with um a more gender neutral name i actually always like the idea of having a gender neutral name um uh myself i always like the idea of um or unisex name and i quite liked it for uh having a more unisex name for children i don't think our child hasn't got like a unisex name to be fair but actually i actually don't believe names have a gender as such anyway so and to be honest you could change our child's name into a unisex name i'm not going to reveal our child's name for privacy reasons but you could change our child's name to a few different variations um that would work in a unisex um way or a um or the like the other another gender like or like so i'm trying not to like reveal like too much about our child but like yeah you could do like a traditionally boys stereotypically boys name or stereotypically girls name or or like a more gender neutral unisex name as well so there's options I got there in the end with that sentence so yeah i think it's important to like you don't have to go like totally like um i think someone called like have say that instead of having a baby they said they're having a baby or something 
Uh, you can like go like proper like using they them pronouns and not reveal the gender to anyone and only you know sorry i say reveal the gender not reveal the assigned gender that the hospital uh, may have given your child um and then keep that secret until your child has um made up their mind i actually think that's such a nice thing to do the only thing i would say is society is probably not ready to accept that yet but the more people that do that the more ready society will be so if you're a parent that want, wants to do that then it's not a bad idea like it's a good thing to do and i think um as well now I, now our child's getting older i do have some conversations i've told um i try not to use their name because it's very easy to use their name yeah, I've told a child that um, they can. Um, so I still, I still go by dad and daddy, um, but I've also, just for the familiarity, because that's what I was. Um, but I have been thinking about whether I want to change that or not. But I'm happy to. It doesn't actually cause me too much issues. Um, it does sometimes every now and then it causes me a bit of discomfort and I don't know, I suppose that's a gender thing but yeah I just I think um, yeah most of the time I'm okay with it at the moment but we'll see how that goes because I don't want to I don't want to change it because I haven't I think it's different when you um, have said from the start what your child's going to call you, I think it's different but they've obviously learnt that and it can be a bit of a shift for them so I'm happy to keep in my in my respect and in my opinion i'm happy to keep that that title even though i'm non-binary i'm happy to keep that title for now um but maybe when they're older i will go by something different and i think as they're like three and a half and we started with that whereas i think if you start with a different name it's so much easier because they that is the first thing that they know you don't have to change it so it doesn't get so confusing and um, for them when they're very young but also there's nothing wrong with changing as well kids kids and children learn very easily as well that is less of a shift for a child because they learn very easily and they take in everything as a sponge at this age so i could technically change but i just don't know i just don't know what um what that change would be so that's why i haven't made it i know there is different like names for like parents that um, are a bit like more non-binary friendly um but i think i think in regards to um yeah in regards to um being a parent like i like now now um they're getting a bit older now i like i've i've said to them that i'm non-binary my child plays with my non-binary flag every now and then like they have a good like have a good time with it um and just like waving it about and playing with it and that is quite nice and we had the um the new progress flag up in their room for a bit as well um at the old flat i can't these are all like concrete walls and the the nails don't go into the walls like really solid solid and crumbly walls at the same time i don't know if people like know what i mean i live in a um a cancel flat and like the houses are like the flats are solid like it's great and everything they're solid like the walls are like proper solid but also they're a bit crumbly you get through like a layer of like crumbly like stuff and then it just goes into like some rock hard and you end up and you've got to like hammer a nail in and the nail just bends once you get through like to like a centimeter in 
it just like bends so you can't it's really hard to get stuff in the wall i need like a proper like drill or something like a proper proper drill um to like get stuff into the wall so yeah we, we did have the ha the um the flags hanged up and that and um did have that the progress the new progress flag with the intersex um uh, flag on there as well so the brand new one or the new one from this year um and like yeah so like we we've introduced like ele elements of um queerness and lgbtqia stuff into our child's life um we actually found ourselves at brighton brighton pride um wasn't trans pride but it was brighton pride uh, a couple of years ago accidentally didn't even didn't even realize we just all planned to go like as a family to uh, brighton it happened to be pride day so they experienced that and experienced um i suppose like corporate pride but like they experienced like some of the lgbtqa plus community i know that corporate pride and like stuff isn't perfect but it's they experienced like elements of that so we're very um we're very good um at that and i got them there's this really cool book that i got them as well and it like talks about gender identity and um maybe i can put a link in the bio um, or the description i should say not bio this isn't instagram maybe i can put a link in the description but yeah i've got a nice book about gender identity and it's very um very diverse and inclusive and yeah it's really cool so i'll put the link in the bio for that if there's any parents out there that want to get a book about um gender identity for their children and we read through that and i've talked to um talked to about child about they them and my pronouns and and stuff and you can start i think when you get to like three years old and two and a half three years old you can start having these like small conversations and they do they do pick up on it and they learn really quick and yeah and they're taking it in and i think it's important if you are a parent that is part of the community that you you do talk to your child about it and normalize it because this is the only way you normalize these things within society because it don't get me wrong i've got a lot of anxiety about my gender identity which i which is part of me and that's not something i can change it's always going to be part of me i do have a lot of anxiety about it as well having being a parent like about the stigma and potential stigma that um my child um may face because of um my gender identity that i get I get a lot of anxiety about that but I'm, I'm just trying to like normalize it as much as possible so if we don't do this with our children and with um, our nibblings and our friends children like we don't normalize ourselves and as people as humans humanize ourselves to these children they're going to grow up with the same ignorant views that other generations have had of trans people and I'm hoping that this generation will be far more accepting um, than some of our generations and other children that do identify as trans can identify as trans in with a level of with a level of comfort within society and not face the discrimination from their generation and we're going through a moment at the moment where there's a lot of pushback um, against trans people and there's a huge amount of anti-trans sentiment in the media at the moment. Like from every direction, it's just horrendous. 
and don't get me wrong it is I'm I've actually really struggled with it the last month or so like it's been quite intense I don't know if anyone else can relate it's just been a, in the UK at least and I know it has everywhere but like in the UK at least um, in my experience it's been very intense and very um, challenging on my mental health um, but yeah the more we normalise this for future generations um, the better they will be the better people they will be the more accepting they will be the more educated they will be whereas if we hide ourselves away and pretend that we are not who we are then our children are never going to gonna learn and our children it will never be normalised to our children we've got to be part of our communities and we've got to be able to try and work towards being completely open within our communities it's not always going to be possible it's not always going to be safe I'm not going to lie I don't openly talk about my gender identity to many people because it's none of their business but um, like I say I go around with my pronoun badge on my work on my work bag um, no one ever asked me about it there's not often that people will use pronouns when talking to me they'll just use my name um, and stuff like that so yeah there's I think there's challenges ahead as a parent I think because our child is quite um quite young we haven't faced some of those challenges yet like we're looking at schools at the moment and i'd be interested to see like schools talk about like different things and inclusion and that not very often do they talk about um transphobia they sometimes sorry i should say anti-trans um hate because i'm trying not to use phobia so i'm gonna apologize um I'm going to apologise for using the phobia at the end of that but they they often don't sorry they often focus on uh, sort of more like stuff to do uh, with sexuality and discrimination against sexuality rather than against trans people Um, and they do uh, focus like the school we went to the other day they were very focused on sexuality and religion but they kind of mixed they kind of missed out um racism and um anti-trans uh discrimination and that they they kind of they didn't mention that i was like okay and considering i'm non-binary my partner is a black woman we were a bit like there's something missing from that but okay but it's good that they obviously don't allow um I shouldn't say they don't allow but it's good that they focus on like educating children about uh, not about being accepting and uh, tolerant at the least you should be tolerant really tolerant is not good enough you should be accepting and embracing all people from all different um, backgrounds as children that's how our children should be educated that and that's what breeds um, a successful society where we're ex- where we're accepting doesn't breed hate do you know what i mean when you when you're when you when you don't educate children from a young age um about people from different communities this is where ignorance comes from it comes from their parents as well but sometimes when you educate children in school and children can see different people um different representations from different communities um they can go against what their parents think if their parents are ignorant and that they don't you know you don't necessarily have ignorant children if you have ignorant parents if the right education is given in school settings from a young age because children are very quick to tell their parents sometimes no you're wrong 
no that person is a nice person or I learned in school that this person I met this person and they are this this and this and they're actually nice and you can sometimes get children that change their parents minds it happens all the time there's probably people that are listening right now that have changed their parents mind about about things especially if they're from the community there's probably some people that maybe their parents um were very anti certain things and now are less anti certain things obviously for every person that there is there's still parents out there where where people don't have relationships with their parents because they haven't come around to certain things so i do acknowledge that as well but the more we educate our children the more chance we've got educating our adults as well so let's all like let's all work towards like being proud of who we are as trans parents we exist we will like be just as good if not better parents because we are open people we understand things that maybe cis parents don't understand so we are there for our children if they ever have any questions about gender identity whether it's about themselves a friend a cousin um somebody they've seen on like on like social media or like youtube or any other like form of media like if they have questions about it we we're, we're a bit more equipped to answer those questions so we have things in our toolbox that other people don't have which is nice and I think we have a lot of empathy as a community as well because we we are so constantly discriminated against and under attack that we have a lot of empathy I think for other other marginalized communities as well not all of us there are like members of our community that aren't as aren't very progressive but I feel like there is a lot of um progressive people within our community that do um and I mean socially progressive that do um, have a lot of empathy for other communities that are marginalized and face uh, different types of discrimination to us and it's good that we teach our children empathy we teach our children empathy for different marginalized communities we teach our children empathy for people as human and not to dehumanize people and to even if we don't understand someone ourselves we teach children to accept anyone for who they are and who they say they are because who they say they are in regards to gender identity not talking about like lying about like oh i'm uh, i'm your school teacher when they're not sort of thing i'm not talking about anything like dangerous like for your children but as in regards to someone's personal identity like i that person says they are non-binary so that person is non-binary and i respect that person like let's get to that level but anyway thank you for listening to the podcast i think we're going to bring it to the end this is a fairly long podcast but i think i have a fair bit to say about parenting and i know not all of it was relevant to gender i know not all of it was relevant to being non-binary or trans but if there's any trans parents out there listening like you're not alone um, we may have different experiences but you're not alone and um yeah thinking of you and some of the things that you may think every now and then and maybe experiencing and and stuff like to do being a transparent and the anxiety that sometimes comes with thinking of you and if you would like to um reach out like you've got instagram uh, which we're on that's at the exist podcast and also we have a community pages a community server as well which will uh, 
be a discord well it is a discord server so we have a discord server that you connect on um that'll be in the description and also linked in our instagram as well so yeah everyone take care um enjoy parenting and happy transparent day for last sunday i hope you had a positive time and i hope you got to spend some time with your little ones and i hope that you have many years with your little ones enjoying yourself as your authentic self and your child enjoying you as your authentic parent as well because there's nothing better than a parent that is being real with their children that's being real that doesn't have to hide from their children that can be proud around their children and their child can embrace as them children want to see you and children want to see you as you and you as you is a happy you and a happy you is a happy child so let's all work towards being comfortable within ourselves and comfortable as parents as well and not try and fit into this really rigid cis het normative way of parenting and it doesn't mean we have to do everything different it just means that we just have to feel comfortable within ourselves we can do some things the same but as long as we feel comfortable within ourselves our child will pick up on that if they feel like they were comfortable and confident and, and being a good parent within ourselves that's the main thing so take care everyone and i will speak to you next time Also, I wanted to mention that I did mention in the podcast um, about two parents, three parents, and I obviously was like insinuating that it doesn't matter how many parents you got, but I did kind of, in saying that I think I excluded um, single parents as well, there's trans parents out there that are, that are single parents through either choice or through um, circumstance or things not working out between couples, it happens with, um, just like it does with cis people, and it happens with trans people as well, so yeah not to exclude um single parents from the equation as well so it doesn't matter so to clarify my earlier point it doesn't matter if you are a single parent in a couple in a thruple like it's love and compassion and caring for your child and supporting your child that is the most important thing it's not about whether you're trans or cis it's not about whether you're in a hetero relationship or uh, LGBTQIA plus relationship. Two, uh, two men, two women, one non-binary person, two non-binary people, a trans woman and a cis woman, a trans man and another trans man or a trans man and a cis man. Like all of the combinations you can think of like two non-binary parents i might have already said that but like you know it doesn't matter who your parents are it matters about what you can give that child and that is the most important thing it doesn't matter if you're a single parent if you're in a couple if you're separated whether you're in a a non-monogamous relationship where you have more than two parents more than one parent that i think just wanted to clarify that that i didn't want to exclude single parents and yeah so basically if you're trans and a single parent you're just as valid as anyone else if you're in a couple and you're trans you're just as valid and if you're in more than a couple a thruple a quadruple i don't think i've got the right name for that but you know what i'm saying 
it's more about what you give your children not what society's expectations of you are but what you can give your children and the upbringing that you can give your children the rest is society's stigma and that is nothing to do with you so just wanted to clarify that i know that's right at the end of the podcast before we finish but i thought it was just really important to clarify that and yeah sending you all love and thank you for listening again now i promise this is the end bye Thank you for listening to the latest episode of the They Exist podcast with me, ZZ. It'd be really cool if anyone's listening on Apple Podcasts to leave us a five-star rating and review. It would really help the podcast get to more people like yourselves. Also, you can follow us on Instagram at They Exist Podcast. That's at They Exist Podcast. And also follow us on any streaming platform that you're listening to us to keep up to date with the latest episodes. We also have a Discord server now, so you can join the Discord server. We'll put the link in the description as well as on our Instagram in the link in the bio. I look forward to speaking to you soon. Take care and bye.